And don't mind his cough. He's getting over the. Yeah, I'm a month from COVID, so I'm good. Just the residual uh, lasting the effects. Yeah. Yeah. yeah just, I heard yeah. the burps will help with that. I, I still can't breathe, so you know, it's no big deal. But he can taste and smell. I did get my smell, but I never lost the taste. I only lost smell, which is weird because they should be connected. Right. See, that's the one thing that's made me nervous about getting it is I haven't, I've yeah. avoided it up until this point, but I'm like, okay, well, can I take a sabbatical from work if I can't smell? Like, what, what yeah, happens that, that's with weird. that? Yeah, I have been concerned about, like, any of us in the industry who get COVID, like, smelling and tasting is such an yeah. integral right. part of our job. Yeah. Like, if I couldn't taste, and Eric, my boss, had COVID, and it messed with his smell and his taste, and it's almost made it more attuned, I guess. Like, it's almost sharper now. Oh, wow. Which is interesting. And I guess good. Like Yeah, that's a good Maybe thing. I'll get super smell. <laughs> the super sniffer? New podcast. <laughs> I mean, I already had kind of like super dad smell, like, you know, the I can smell something burning somewhere in the house. Right. Super dad smell? What the hell is that? Super dad smell. Is that like super dad hearing where it's like you can hear? I don't, I'm deaf as fuck, so no. (laughs) It's like the spidey sense that all dads have when the thermostat's changed without them knowing. Yeah, I know. I know. That is true. I guess we should actually say what we're doing here. Beers with Nigel is poured for you by Dire Oil Graphics, promotional products and design. They cover your brand bumper to bumper with graphic design, promo products, and print. See what Dire Oil Graphics can build for you at direoil.com. That's D-Y-E-R-O-I-L.com. Welcome to Beers with Nigel. I'm Nigel. I'm that other guy. That's Nick over there. Hey, it's our first show of 2022, and we we have... confetti? Good job. For, there's no video, so there's that. <laughs> In the house, welcome Jessica Bloom, Jenna Munoz. Um, they're the local chapter of the Pink Boot Society, but also they work at breweries, which makes sense, doesn't it? We like beer. <laughs> we like beer on this show. Yes, Jessica works at Border. Jenna works at Crane. Welcome to the show, guys. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Thanks for coming in. Um, Nick got all excited because it's a new year. Guests in studio. I, like I, I'm always excited when we have. We haven't done the show in like a month. We, it's been it's been a month. We did a lot of because of the pandemic. We did a ton of you know video conferencing episodes, which is yeah. fine. It's awesome because we get to talk to people all over the world. Yep. But there's nothing like drinking beer with people and talking about beer. Yep. And other other stuff. other stuff. That, that is the official name of the show. Isn't it? <laughs> stuff things we don't know. We're not good at brand branding. No, we're not. So we're going to talk about pink boots, but first we're going to talk about personally each one of you. Um, how tall are you? No, I'm joking. <laughs> wow. Like you said, there's no video. I am 6'1". Oh. oh. <laughs> well, there's no video that we told you about. Uh-huh, fair enough, fair enough. Should so, uh, Jenna, let's start with you. I know you have quite the beer story. We're going to go way back. <laughs> All right. Way back in time. Before you were ever a brewer. Okay. Do you remember? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Thank you. Thank you. I wasn't going to get there without yeah. help. <laughs> Everybody has a story of when they were drinking some sort of crappy beer and they discovered something that they were like, oh, shit, what is this? Do you remember that? I do. Um, so uh, in a past life, I was an attorney. 
and Hodor. Whoa! You didn't know how far back in the way back you were going. We're not in that league. I thought that's where you were headed. I did not. I didn't. I didn't Google you before you got here. So in a previous life, you were evil. Yeah. Well, I mean, I can't say that I'm not evil now, but in past life, like officially, yes. Well, bad evil. There's good evil and bad evil. I was mostly good, chaotic good. I'm gonna go with chaotic good for our D and D nerd listeners. Chaotic good. That sounds like a good beer name as well. Exactly. No. So yeah, I was an attorney, and we used to. This was well, actually. But even before I was an attorney, I was in law school in Houston, and we used to go to a brewery, um, or not to a brewery, but to beer bars all over the to- all over the place, just you know, sharing war stories and just commiserating about law school and things like that. And I remember there was a beer in Texas, um, or at this bar that we would go to, and I remember just loving uh, Francis Connor, like an old uh, you know Hefeweizen, like an old traditional yeah. German Hefeweizen, and I remember it being banana and spicy and thinking, like, this is nothing like the McUltra my dad drinks. <laughs> this is nothing like Far anything. It. Like, it is completely, absolutely different, and everybody thought, you know, oh, that's just the same as Blue Moon, right? And I was like, no, no, it's different. You guys don't understand. You don't You don't get it. Um, and that kind of started the path in the, you know, towards uh, cra- be- drinking craft beer. Um, and then after that, I started – just experimenting with breweries around Houston and things like that. Um, we actually had some friends who owned a brewery down there and they made a gingerbread stout. And I remember the first time I tried it, I absolutely fell in love. That day we bought not only a half barrel of gingerbread stout, oh. we also bought a kegerator, probably six, six barrel kegs and a, basically the beginnings of a homebrew setup. Wow. And you left law. Uh, I wasn't even in <laughs> I hadn't even paid all the big money to be a lawyer yet. Uh, no, at, so, at this point, I had just decided to ignore the obvious and uh, decide, oh, I'm still going to be a lawyer, just one who likes craft beer. Um, you know, fast forward a couple of years, I take the bar exam in Missouri. I moved up here in 2013 and decided, okay, I'm going to, you know, take the jump. I'm going to start my own law firm. And did that for a while and was still, you know, meeting people in the industry, getting to know the craft beer scene in Kansas City and all that kind of stuff. Um, and from there, I just kept working my way through, you know, starting up and running a solo firm. I actually joined a law firm um, down in Overland Park, Lenexa, and realized that I absolutely hated it. And I was spending all of my time during the week getting ready to go pour at beer festivals or do tastings yeah. at, you know, liquor stores for friends of mine who were in the industry and figured, you know, people actually get paid to do what I'm doing for essentially free beer and gift cards. <laughs> um, and it's all I can think about during the week. And so when I left, you know, when I left that gig, I basically, Carlton Graham had posted a, you know, listing online for bottling line people. So yeah. I said... I legitimately sent him a resume for a bottling line position. He said, can you be here? I don't even, didn't even have time to read the resume before he emailed me back and said, can you be here at 830 tomorrow? Wear comfortable shoes. And I said, sure, <laughs> whatever awesome. you say. So I showed up there, uh, ended up working at Casey Beer Co. full time for, you know, two and a half or so years or something like that. Um, and then the only reason I left there was to go brew at Fields and Ivy. And then uh, when I decided that the drive to Lawrence was too long, ended up moving back to Crane because I've known Chris and Michael for a long time. Uh, knew Brian when he was at Double Shift, and that's that. Wow, she told the whole story very succinctly. You know, that was like, like you know, I didn't even need my Almost like she was giving, giving her summation before the jury there. <laughs> I didn't even need my cue card. <laughs> so, so really that's, that's setting the standard high for when we shift gears. 
to our other guest. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah. There's gonna be some pressure. What, Jessica? A little bit of pressure. Yeah. So go back to that. You know, thriving. So. I guess I really got introduced to craft beer when I moved to the crossroads. This would have been like I'm gonna age myself, like 2006. The Crossroads area was not at all what it is today. Yeah. Um, I moved into an art gallery there. I opened an art gallery with two friends, like right across the street from Grinders, uh, where King G is now, yeah. actually. I lived where the deli is, which oh, is wow. funny <laughs> to go in there now and like sit there and eat a sandwich. Like, yeah, this was where my bed was. Really? Yeah, it's kind of wild. Um, but yeah, I there really wasn't anywhere to go in the Crossroads at that time other than Grinders yeah. and the Brick. So between Grinders and the Brick, I remember drinking a Delirium mm. and being very impressed. Because, yeah. I mean, at that point, you know, I'm 21 and drinking nothing but PBR, which is great. I mean, but, nothing wrong with PBR. Well, like, so we're not going to talk bad about PBR. But I love PBR. But <laughs> I remember Delirium being one of the first beers that just opened my eyes to there's more to beer than just drinking PBR. Um and I even, I worked at Grinders West for a minute. Whenever they opened, I was one of the opening servers there. Everybody just in that area kind of had jobs in the neighborhood. Yeah. Um, and I lived in the crossroads for like five years. Um, eventually moved away, um, but was always kind of in the industry, part-time gigs, yeah. working at restaurants and whatever. Um, and then it would have been like 2015 or 2016, me and my boyfriend at the time decided to go do a little you know, brewery tour in the crossroads. I wanted to go see what the neighborhood was up to. And I went into Border and just absolutely loved it. I remember I had the Shifty was the first beer I ever had there. And I tell people, like, this is the beer that made me want to work here. Wow. Like, I loved that beer. And then, like, a month later, they posted that they were hiring. It's like, absolutely. <laughs> yes, please. Like, please, just let me come and hang out. You guys seem really cool. Do I get to drink the beer? Yes. Okay. I'm like, oh, okay. oh, okay. Yes. Quality so, control. Yes, exactly. But that was right before they opened or built their patio. And so mm-hmm. they were basically hiring servers um, to work their patio. So that's initially how I got into the scene and got hired um, and just absolutely fell in love with it. Um, worked there for, I don't know, maybe six months or a year before I realized, like, Eric could use a little bit of help. He's doing absolutely everything. <laughs> <laughs> and kind of asked Eric if we could sit down and have a chat and it's like I want to be your manager I want to help you like let me help you so I created my own position and it's been awesome ever since it's basically me and Eric and Kelly and I'm doing everything from helping brew to events to scheduling to everything and it's a blast you're being a manager yeah yeah. (laughs) and I brew and just whatever needs to be done I mean with our new construction and our new place I joked that I was in construction for the last year because you were you were (laughs) I was I've been to the tap room yes all the things you told me that happened I'm like she's like we did we did this all ourselves I'm like yeah you were in, in construction for a year awesome you know, things to add to the resume. Like, install vents. And like. <laughs> the best part was getting to see that it all isn't developed because every once in a while she would need sustenance. So I would go drop off a six pack and, you know, as an excuse to walk around and check out what was sure, going on. Sure. So it was really cool to see it come together because it was, I mean, it was a process of, you know, supply chain issues were part of it and, t- you know, just timing with the city and things like, I mean, it was a whole lot of stuff to see watch as it goes down and then to see what it looks like today yeah. is just beautiful. incredible yeah it's beautiful 
But I love watching build out of, of either breweries expanding or new breweries happening. I'm in the process of that right now. <laughs> hey, let's have a mystery beer before we move on. Wow, we're going to start early. I like it. Well, yeah. yeah. So we do mystery beers. Here's the mystery beer bag. You're tethered today. I'm tethered with these There's no chil- video. children. There's no video, but Nigel is using my son's <laughs> headphones today, and yeah. he is tethered on a very short leash. This is a mystery beer bag, right? It probably, probably came from a golf course. We're not quite sure. I know the guy who got probably. it. Probably. Jenna, I'll let you just pull, pull one out of there. All right. Are we still out of paper bags? Yeah, it's dude. I think I think we've moved on. To so we're not bags. we're not classy. They used to be in paper bags. They used to be classy. Okay, you, now here's the rules. You get you can gonna, you can look at everything except for you cannot tell us the ABV. But okay. you can tell us the style in the brewery. Oh, I'm so excited. This this just sounds like fun. <laughs> All right, so what what would you like? What should I where should I start? Brewery. <laughs> All right, so brewery is Vintage Brewing Company. Where are they uh, from? I'm trying to figure that out. Is this beer karma? I couldn't read it. Crafted and canned in Madison and Sauk City, Wisconsin. Okay. S-A-U-K. Yeah, I think somebody gave me that probably. Nice. It is called Scaredy Cat, and it's an oatmeal stout. Uh, Actually, the tagline. The tagline of this is, don't be afraid of the dark. Oh, okay. Don't tell me what to do. Crack it open. Y'all, it's got some medals. (laughs) Nice open. Thank you. It's definitely dark. I love that you can hear the beers pour on this table. You kind of can't if you're really quiet. <laughs> Don't be very, very quiet. Don't dis- disturb the beer. Okay, so now for the rest of us. Okay. We guess the ABV. Yeah. The closest, without going over, gets to finish the can. Okay. So, I'm going to taste the Cheers. Oh, that's very, very, that's tasty. very dark. That's like an old school. I like that. Did it say it was a milk stout? It says it's a creamy, smoothie, rich, and robust oatmeal stout. Oh, that, oh oatmeal. Oh. That bitter at the end is fantastic, yeah. though. Plus, the cat on the label looks a lot like Felix the cat. That's cute. <laughs> he really true. does. That's a cool label. I'm a sucker for a cute label. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. That's about. That's about. I just want to make a notice to everybody though. When you're just doing your awesome labels, please don't forget your own brand. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 And don't make the words so tiny that, that you, old people on a, on a yeah, podcast can't read them. Yeah. So we don't we don't walk around with readers. <laughs> well. I know he has glasses on. Some some should. <laughs> some won't. <laughs> <laughs> I always make it a point when I'm printing off menus for the tap room to uh, make the font as large as I can. Yes. Because, yeah, especially if you've been drinking all day, like, and come in and try and read a tiny font, like, that's not And it's kind of dark, you know, blah, yeah. blah, blah. Yeah, yeah, I appreciate that. That's Plus, good. I get really tired of bringing my in-laws to breweries with me or places with me, and they have to pull out, like, a flashlight and a magnifying glass to try and read it. No. I, just might, have, I might have done that once or twice. Make it easy on them. <laughs> Six percent. My my father in law is going to do that no matter what. So you know it's okay. I'm going to go six percent. I'm going to go a little higher. Hang on. I'm going to say you're wrong. <laughs> this is just fun now. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go seven five. Set. Wow. You didn't go a little higher. You went higher, higher. Right. He's ambitious. reaching for the mountains over there. Okay, so six seven point yeah, five. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think it's that hard. You got to do a little separation sometimes. Okay. Fair enough. And also, we're wrong a lot. <laughs> yeah, most of the time. Most of the time. So I feel like it's lower. I'm gonna go five point seven. Okay. All right. The actual retail ABV? Six point three percent. Ooh. 
Would you? Would you get six? Wow. Six with your seven point five ass. <laughs> <laughs> I thought he was gonna nail me. Said I might go a little higher. I was yeah, like, yeah, oh, no, you're no, in trouble he, now. He ain't gonna nail shit. Trust me. <laughs> <laughs> so, so Jenna, uh, more on your on your brew career. Obviously, you were home brewing. Yeah. And then, how did you get to Fields and Ivy? How'd that happen? Uh, so when I was where I had been uh, working at Beer Co. and it's just a great group of people to work with, and I learned a lot about, you know, how I was brewing, how you know I was doing the packaging stuff mostly, but I got to basically talk to the brewers all the time and ask their opinion. And I there was a couple of times I brought in beers to say, hey, can you give me some feedback on this? Uh, so with people like Carlton and like Elizabeth Belden and you know those folks who are you know they've been doing this and they're like extremely good at this. Um, I got a lot of feedback. So as I was going through that, I started realizing there's a lot I didn't know. Um, I won a scholarship through the Pink Boots Society for um, the Siebel Institute yeah. uh, concise course in brewing technology. So I took that course and realized like just I got the scholarship. I was like ecstatic about it. Um, they were nice enough to let me shadow in the brewery while I was doing that course. And so I was getting to learn theoretic, the yeah. theoretical side of it while I was getting and to see and, the practice of it. Yeah, that's that's got to be cool. Yeah, so I, I fell in love with that, and they were, I mean, the ta- the goal at Casey Beer was eventually that I would be moving into the brewery, and we were moving in that direction. Um, they had started training me on the stuff on stuff like using the centrifuge. I would come in on my days off um, just to basically come shadow and do brew sessions with people, so getting there at 6.30 in the morning, you know, on my day off, going in and basically making beer. Yeah. Um, and usually that consisted of me asking way too many questions <laughs> and <laughs> then shoveling the grain out of the, you know, out of the louder and all that stuff. So it was like me doing stuff like that. Um, and then Fields and Ivy had a position open up and I thought, well, okay, you know, Dan's a great guy and he's a fantastic brewer. And, you know, so I called him and I said, well, are you, you know is this for real is this you know you really what are you looking for and he was like well you know technically we were looking for a home brewer but you know if you want to come work from us for us like come out meet everybody and you know all that kind of stuff um and I did and it was a great crew of people and I learned I was able to take all of the theory that I learned from the course that and I took the uh oh gosh the institute of brewing and distilling exam at beer when I was at beer co as well um and so I was I had those two things under my belt but I didn't have any practical experience so I went to Dan and you know he basically said yeah come meet everybody come brew um and that was that just started making beer there and getting to learn how to I mean that was pretty much how it felt like so I you know, that's, that's gotta jumped be right of in. a fun dichotomy of you know you've got all the acad- academic side of it right that you're learning and then and then the practical learning how to actually make the beers it would definitely have been easier the other way around (laughs) um because now you know for a while there and even today sometimes it's very hard for me to separate the science behind it versus just the art and the living organism that beer is so it's tough sometimes because i do understand you know the off flavors and what you know what causes them where they come from how to get rid of them how to alleviate them all those i mean you know the science the math all that kind of stuff i understand it i know it i remember it that's all fine but seeing it, you know, when you're trying to figure out why your beer isn't fermenting and how to get it to kick back up or, you know, 
well, okay, what happened in the process? Like, did they change the grade? Did they change, you know, did we do something different in the brewing process? Right. Did we change our louder schedule? What kind of things happened to make that? And that is so much more of an art than a science. Yeah. And getting to figure that out has been a challenge for sure, but it, it's been a lot of fun and I had great people around me to help me figure that stuff out. Yeah. So, Do you think there is more art or more science? Does it lean one heavier one way or the other? The way I think about it still leans pretty heavy science. Um, I am trying. I am trying to make. <laughs> for a lot of people, though, it is very much an art. Like you know, I'm working with Brian Stewart now, and it's it's very much an art for him. It's very much a living creature for him, and like beer is more of a coworker for him. For me, it's still something I'm trying to. For him, it's still that. or for me, it's still something I'm trying to boss around using science and math and formulas. And so I'm trying to get more of an art. You know, get it to. Get to my get to a point where I understand that it's more of an art. Yeah. So Jessica, you you hopped into the beer scene, and you've now you're doing everything. What's that been like for you? Because obviously, you're doing front of the house, back of the house, brewing. What's that been like? Your your experience is doing all the things. Oh yeah, I was saying. Um, I feel like working the back of the house helps with working front of house and vice versa. Mm -hmm. So whenever you're brewing and you're in more of that side of it and then go up and work behind the bar, it gives you a passion about the beer that I don't think you would have otherwise. Um, So that's been, I feel like really helpful both ways. And I know working the bar, like what are people looking for? What goes over well? What doesn't? Um, so yeah, I feel like it's a very symbiotic thing that I love doing, being able to do a little bit of both because I've loved learning about brewing. It's fascinating. Kelly is just so wonderful to work with. Um, but yeah, I feel like it's a very symbiotic thing of being able to do a little bit of both. I'll, I'll throw the question, art or science? You're <laughs> ah, there we go. There we go. <laughs> I feel like... I have not taken any official courses. I found some like free online beer brewing courses that I did literally just for fun, which you think it's going to be for fun. And then you're sitting there (laughs) learning about like water. And I'm like, how am I going to learn about water for four hours? Like literally four fucking hours of water. Like, no. Um, I don't do science for fun. I wanted to. And it's getting there a little bit more. Um, but yeah, I feel like it's more of an art for me yeah. and helping come up with recipes and, you know, what do you want to do? And right. it's so fun <laughs> to like just have this outlet to literally have your brewer be like, okay, what kind of beer do you want to make? Yeah. It's like, oh, yeah, I, can, the, the, I can do it's that? Like, it's like the outcome. You, you come up with a recipe, you're like, and that's all you're focused on. You're like, ooh, the recipe is Nick got to do his first beer ever. That's true. In December. And I threw him in on a brew day because I wanted to see him sweat. Look, <laughs> but, Nigel know. was very disappointed I, well, in my brew day. Well, Nolan down at Transparent, his system is very, very, not automated, but fancy. less manual. It's fancy. It's fancy. It's fancy. So, and, and, he's a bit of a, and he's a bit of a control freak. Okay. <laughs> Nolan, <laughs> sorry, Nolan. Nolan does listen to this podcast. Love you, Nolan. <laughs> and it's okay. Look. If I were you, Nolan, I would have I would have kept me from doing a lot of those things. <laughs> there were, are enough. There are enough of us who are. So yeah, yeah. yeah that, you I were think, correct in your decisions. I think the most sweat he broke was uh, squeegeeing the water off the floor, which apparently I squeegee wrong. There's a wrong way to squeegee. Yes. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Apparently. Yeah. <laughs> and I have video. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Look, it got to where it needed to go. It's fine. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Might have gone the the long way around. I got a question for you. Since you were a lawyer, 
those things of learning, like taking the bar and that sort of thing, did that did that translate into you know some of these beer uh, courses that you've taken? I mean, st- yeah, having to study and that sort of thing. Did that was there a relationship to that? Do you think it did? I think in terms of studying, it absolutely translated because it's it did make you stop and think about the entire process. So in studying for the bar exam and things like that, you don't start with, well, what's the law? That's the answer. You start with, you know, you go farther back than that of like, okay, what's the question? And that's kind of how my approach to studying beer and learning about beer, that's kind of how that started too is, okay, so what's the question? And it's not necessarily is, um, for me, it's, you know, if somebody comes up and says, you know, yeah, what kind of beer do you want to brew? And I, my first question is like, okay, well, when's it going to come out? Because <laughs> that's going to change what I want to be making. It's going to change what I'm going to want to be drinking. This is, that, this is what we did. I got a mouthful of beer. I damn it spit it out. That's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> when's it coming out? It, I mean, it is. I it absolutely changes answer. the question. I mean, that's, 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 a, that's a fair question. I had never that's thought exactly about that. That's exactly how we started, though, when when you and Nolan sat me down. I'm like, when, when's it, when are we going to Yeah, that's true. Out? He's like, how long is it going to take to brew it? And we're like, well, around Christmas time. So he's, I said holiday flavors. He went holiday flavors. Mm-hmm. So. That's very true, yeah. though. I mean, we're talking about right now making a beer for our, our anniversary, which is February 21st. And it totally plays a part in, okay, well, what do we want to make? How much time are we going to have? Right. Stout. <laughs> if you could see <laughs> Jessica's look. <laughs> I wish we had the cameras That's on tonight. <laughs> oh, no, the last thing you want to be it. doing is, you know, making a chocolate peanut butter pumpkin beer in the middle of July. It's absolutely the last thing you want to be doing, but that is the way the industry works. I was, I was on board until you said uh, uh, pumpkin. The rest yeah. of them I'm fine with, even in the summer. <laughs> but, and, and, Make what the people want, Nigel. <laughs> right. it, should all, it should also be noted that Nigel and I, it's always stout season. As for some people, it is. I don't really care. You know, I like I like snouts, but I like beer. It's right. always beer season. Yes. No, absolutely. This is yeah. true. What do you guys yeah. think about this? Is that's just a totally random question? It's January, right? What do you all think about the dry, the dry January's thing? What do you guys think about that? I think dry January should be drink local January. Personally, ooh, ooh, ooh. New, new thing, <laughs> yeah, new, new thing. thing. Next year. January is always a month where. Smaller breweries yes, tend to struggle, struggle yeah. and dry January, especially dry January during COVID. It, I mean, listen, I'm not blaming the consumer for anything. We all know why. We all know how we got here. We all know right. what we're doing in this right. industry and that kind of thing. But you know, everybody doing dry January, we're really supportive of that. But maybe if you're if you're dedicated to doing a dry month, do dry July. <laughs> when when the rest of everything is busy, you know, dry, January is just tough for a lot of small breweries, yeah. and you know, especially in it's it's cold. It's COVID. It's, you know, it's all yeah. that stuff. Drink local January. That's what I do personally is we try to go to a different brewery. Um, you know, when we go pick up beer, we pick up beer maybe once a week. I mean, I don't know how much beer you buy anymore, but <laughs> I'm not buying much. Um, but when I do, it's I usually try to go to a local brewery and not buy from, you know, you know, the big major brands or anything mm-hmm. like that. I try to stick local because I know and I try to go into the tap room if I can and buy a crowler or buy a six pack or buy a growler or something. Well, that's the point of local, right? Is Most of the time, yeah. you know who you're buying from. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know the community it's supporting. Yeah. I mean, we know. Always, always shop local. You know, we know everybody in every brewery yeah. in here, right? I mean, that's, right. That's, the, that's the thing about it. We know where that money's going. So if I go to Hy-Vee and buy, I don't know, whatever. something from whatever, it's not necessarily helping anybody here locally. It's Hy-Vee, I guess. Yeah. yeah. They're, they're not local either, so there's that. But they're not having any problems staying busy. Like That is no. true. Like us small. Well, and especially yes. since most, you know, most breweries are going to have 
you know, we're, we're going to make a little bit more money off the beer that you buy straight from the tap room right. than the beer that right. you go out and buy from the store if we're in distribution. Even if you're right. even if you're doing distribution yeah. to the grocery stores, to the, the bigger liquor stores, yeah. your, your margin's not the same. Right. So, yeah. yeah. I mean, we're working on um, canning right now. We just got a canning line in that we're in the process of putting together, and it's a whole... I've seen, I've seen it. It's pretty. It's so shiny. <laughs> <laughs> that was the first thing I said when it came out of the crate. I'm like, oh, it's so shiny. <laughs> Not for long. Right? I was, so... about, I was about to look that direction and say, yeah, how, how long was... does it stay shiny? And, oh, I, and I've worked on the one at Cranes, at Cranes, so I know, yeah, that one is not oh, shiny yeah. anymore. <laughs> it's not going to stay shiny. But yeah, we've discussed, like, we're not going to put our six packs into distribution. And part of it is we want you to come to the tap room and see the tap room and get the feel for us and buy your six pack straight yeah. from us. And we can have so much more control that way of making sure that it's fresh because, you know, we don't pasteurize and that kind of thing. So it's like controlling that and having that customer to tap room employee interaction. Right. And like being able to actually sit and talk to you about like what you like and form that connection. You're not going to get that if you just pick up a six pack in a grocery right. store. So, and for those who don't know, the new border tap room is super fucking dope. It's so beautiful. It's awesome. Um, so they got proud. big plans let's, let's, for. Let's give location. Uh, Five twelve East Eighteenth Street in the crossroads. So it's literally just a block from. Oh <laughs> the way, God. That, that's a twenty-five cent fine. Okay. I, I got quarters. Just Does anybody carry quarters anymore? Is that a thing? Only for Aldi. <laughs> yeah, Aldi. Gotta have that Aldi that quarter. Aldi quarter. Yeah. So it's literally just a block up from our old location. So we're just right there. It's awesome. Just want to make sure we were helping the people there. Well, I mean, you, there's Google. So if you don't know where border is, Google it, fool. <laughs> <laughs> Let me Google that for right, you. Right. Yeah. Nigel doesn't care about the people. <laughs> I, I love the people, but they'll get a good laugh out of that. You guys ready for another mystery beer? Sure. I'm in. Jessica, you get to pull the next one. Yes. Well, can we switch over to, can, I, can we start asking about pink boots now? Yeah, we will. Just calm down, bro. <laughs> It's a process in my mind, you know. There's a whole yeah, rundown we, in my mind. At, at some point, we'll communicate that to each other. Never, <laughs> never. <We're, laughs> that's that's not that's. This not is our the style. beer I gave you. Is it? Yeah. Oh well. Awesome. I guess we're gonna it's drink good. it. Beer karma beer. Yeah. There's that back. I w I forgot where they came from. Yeah, I gave it to you at <laughs> <laughs> Border one night. I, you know, I saw us. We try to live our lives by the rules of beer. I, you know what? I, yeah. Because we had this conversation about beer karma, yeah. and I was like, wait, I have a beer left over from our holiday party. Yes. I was like, I think you'd like this. And um, Guys, um, this beer has been passed so many times. Can we actually legitimately open this? Is this like the fruitcake of beers? <laughs> no, it's really good. That's why oh. I gave it to you. <laughs> I liked it. Okay, so this is Toppling Goliath, which, where is Toppling Goliath? Decorah, Iowa. Oh, okay. Really? Yes. Oh, well, I wow. didn't. It's not on here. And the only reason I know that, I got some friends of mine. They, they, those ladies love to. They go to the core probably twice a year and uh, just to go on the on a, on a beer trip, and that's what Where's they do. The, yeah, I mean that's a heck of a beer trip. I'd be. Yeah, in. yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Ladies, scoot over. I'm making joining you know the road trip. <laughs> look, look, we we have a few. I can, I can get you in. Yes. Aspen and Dar. Uh, okay, we got, we got you a, a third wheel. <laughs> Needed an in. That's all. Yes. You can always hop on the uh, the Crans family bus. That is true for for long beer road trips. I promised I didn't bring that beer because you were coming. <laughs> I just pulled it out of the refrigerator. I was like, well, I, I, I read the ingredients and I thought Nick would really like this. I'm gonna look it up because the ABV isn't. Oh, now I'm now I'm curious. What? <laughs> it's right up your alley. 
Um, it's called Holodots. 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 Yeah. Like so holiday made, made dots. Dippin' dots. Oh God, I hope so. H o l i d o t z. This is an important question. Is Dippin' Dots ice cream? It's the ice cream of the future. But they don't. <laughs> but they don't have They've that. They've been saying that since 1982. Okay. If you look though now on like all of their branding and stuff, it doesn't say that anymore. So they, the future is now. Like because they, oh. they realized the future happened and they weren't the ice cream of the future. I guess so. Yeah, what is... Okay, I found it. That's the question. It's what is the chalk. ice cream of the future? That is true. I don't know. Dippin' Dots flavored chalk. I'm not a Dippin' Dots guy. No. Mm, not either. They no. were wrong. It was frozen yogurt the whole time. <laughs> Excuse me. Why did, why did Froyo not take over the world? Because <laughs> it's gross. Okay. Because live your life. <laughs> so Holodots is a cranberry apple cinnamon lager. Told you. Whoa. The... Let's see a description on here. Festive, refreshing, and fun. One time per year, we brew our classic Dorothy's lager with cranberry apples and cinnamon for a delicious holiday treat. Cheers. <laughs> I'm gonna, by the way, I'm going to isolate that later. Just the cheers. Just the, yeah, you're going to use it as a drop. It's gonna be, cheers. It's going to be a drop. We're just going to hit a button during every show. Here, pass my glass over there since you're closer. It's, it's pretty looking. Let's see, that runs right into, uh, into our next topic. It seems like Pink the... Uh, it really does. The rosé of beer. It see? does say it's a lambic, so as far as style goes. Right? Oh, wow. Jenna just... That is a straight-up apple pie locker, oh, and yeah, I am yeah. not mad at That's it. That's really good. No, that hits you. That, that, that'll right? wake you up. Mm, who wants dessert? Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, <laughs> you're welcome. Fantastic. I told you. I was like, this is so good. It, uh, it's coming full circle, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> right? This is not a fruitcake. Because that is not fresh apple. That is baked apple. That's yeah. that flavor. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, that really is. I like it because it's not too syrupy. Yeah, it's not syrupy at all. And it's not too cinnamon. No, because you know I hate cinnamon. I don't hate it. I, I'm not a big fan of cinnamon. That's tasty. So what did you think? How did you feel about the cinnamon in our beer, in the Beer Karma? I think it was right at the right level. There was a lot of cinnamon. Well, he had to dial it. He had to fight it with the, the what was it? Uh, the cranberry. Cranberry, yeah. yeah. Mm. It was fine, yeah. This is good. I'm, I'm going to say 6% again. Okay. I was going to go 5-6. Okay. <laughs> She's going low. 5-5. Five, five. Really? <laughs> this fucking price is right in it. <laughs> 4.7. Oh, uh, means we have to share. Everybody's over. It means we all everybody's share. <laughs> so let's talk pink boots. Yeah. Um, first off, Nick and I were talking about it. This is one of the few times we've ever met before a show. We had lunch. That's true. We had lunch together. We, we almost planned. Oh, <laughs> look at you go. So one of the questions. Look, after, after a full year now. A full year of what? I guess we're It's starting two year, years, dude. We're starting year three now? Yes. Next month is year three. <laughs> yes. Holy shit. <laughs> Anyway, we hell. almost planned. Bloody hell. <laughs> you planned to plan and then didn't. Yeah, right. yeah. The plan right. the plan did not work out as a plan. Well, the problem was we went to plan and then we had beer. Well, what happened was. Yeah. That's exactly what happened. No, we had happened. No, years. we had beer first. And, and, then, then, we, tacos. and then we talked over tacos. Anyway, I digress. <laughs> Bloody hell. Um, pink boots. For those who don't know, which one of you guys would like to explain what pink boots is? Because right. I'm sure a lot of people may or may not have heard about it. I, don't, I know what it is. But what about the, the peoples? The people, yeah. Um, a lot of people don't know, which is fun. It's fun to talk about. Um, so Pink Boots is a international organization that supports women in the – it's now fermentation industry. 
right? So it used to just be brewing, um, and now has expanded to include wine and alcohol and or liquor. I'm sorry, basically um, any kombucha. alcoholic fermentation. Gotcha. Yeah, any sort of fermentation. Um, and there's chapters in almost every major city in the U.S. now, um, and a few smaller ones too. Like there's, isn't there one for Springfield? Or like Southern Missouri? I think Springfield has one. I think uh, I believe Topeka's trying to start one or with aims of starting one soon. St. Louis has one. Yeah. So any women in or women identifying whatever in the the industry um, is welcome to join. And we usually meet like we try to meet like once a month. Um, And a lot of it is just networking, which has been amazing for me. Mm -hmm. But the biggest thing is they offer scholarships. Yeah. Um, so, for instance, Jenna talked earlier about the scholarship that she won for the um, Siebel Institute. The Siebel, right. Um, I just won a scholarship to go to our um, conference. It's in Charlotte next month. So there's lots of presenters, and I have never been before, so I'm very excited. Um, but, yeah, they, like, are paying for my whole trip, which is awesome. Um, what else do we do? So every International Women's Day is March 8th. Um is Collaboration Brew Day. Um, Pink Boots partners with Yakima Chief Hops, and we come up with a Pink Boots hop blend every year. This year was really fun. Um, We got to get several different hop varieties in from Pink Boots, just little samples, and then we all sat around and smelled hops for like two hours. (laughs) (laughs) And then we did it again about two weeks later to decide on the final blend. Yeah, so we got to pick out our favorite ones, send those in, and then the top ones and the top blends got sent back to us, and then we got to pick our favorites. So it's a specific hot blend for pink boots. That's cool. For each chapter or for every for the everybody. Whole society. Yeah. Awesome. So and then from Yakima Chief, anybody can order this hot blend, whether you're a home brewer, whether you're a huge brewery, anybody can order this hot blend. And Yakima Chief, is it three dollars for every I'm trying to remember the portion, but yeah, it's it's a portion of the proceeds of all every pound of hops that's purchased goes back to the National Pink Boots organization and then so that's like what funds our scholarships fantastic cool. how many people are in the in the local chapter we're up to at least 35 yeah um if not 40 we've kind of boomed honestly over the last year um which has been awesome right. just the more i don't get out that much i'm at my brewery right all the, all time. the time i don't get out that much and i don't get to go to other breweries as much as i'd like to so it's been really amazing for me personally to meet other women in the industry in the city because otherwise I would never right. meet most of these people. And we're also getting to meet people who are working on larger scale at larger scale breweries than we are, um, who are working in different areas of fermentation. So we get a more big picture experience talking about fermentation or brewing. You know, we could talk about wine fermentation, which right. is something that most of us who have worked in the brewery industry have never even dealt with before tried to even tried to comprehend before so we're getting to do a lot of stuff that we would otherwise not get to do um just through this organization which is really really nice didn't you guys do a beer last year we did i think we we, wasn't there a pink we brewed it we brewed it double shift because that was before we went to boulevard well so i think we did six or seven collaborate we did six or seven collaboration brew days last year now all of them were not um, some of them were individual breweries doing a Pink Boots Brew Day. Gotcha. So they basically bought the hops, and then they did a Pink Boots Brew Day, and they were able to sell the beer 
using the Pink Boots name, but also they made a donation to the local gotcha. chapter. Gotcha. Gotcha. Then okay. there was collaboration brew days we did. So the one we did at Double Shift, and then... I think that was the only one I went to. Crane did one. Crane did one. Yeah, yeah I was going to say Crane did Nani's Candy Dish. Right. Um, but yeah, that's kind of helpful for local chapters as well. So if a local brewery wants to make a Pink Boots beer, then it's usually kind of expected. I think we did, when we did our Pink Boots beer, we donated a dollar for every full pour gotcha. that we did out of the tap nice. room. Fields so, and Ivy also did one last year, and oh, I yeah. can't <laughs> believe I forgot that. <laughs> I heard you used to work there. Like, what? <laughs> so like the, scholarships, like the scholarship that you had. Is that is that through the chapter or is that through through the the larger entity? So the one that I got is through the larger entity. So is uh, Bree Burroughs got to go to um, YCH to do Hop School. That was through the national. Uh, just because I also believe is through the national. Um, so our chapter currently is not yet. We're in the process of developing local a local scholarship program. Um, so we will be offering hopefully scholarships and usually probably smaller ones. Um, to get us kind of started and kind of figure out where, you know, how everything is supposed to go down. Um, but, yeah, most of ours were through national, and then hopefully our goal is to create a local chapter scholarship program as well. We've just kind of boomed over the last year to where we actually, like, have some funds that we can do some sub- right. substantial scholarships, which is really exciting. So we're just kind of getting into that development of, oh, we actually, like, could do some really cool scholarships here. So, like, yeah. let's do it. That's awesome. That's yeah. cool. Well, I think, you know, what we've found as we talk to people around the country uh, is that we feel like Kansas City has done a, a – our area has done a pretty decent job. of We, we have women in the, in, in the industry. But I'm sure as you guys are seeing, like, there's, there's even more opportunity – for a group like this to help spur more. Oh yeah, definitely. And, and the, it's go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say the best part about Kansas City is they have been extremely open about and I mean of course things have happened but um Kansas City has been really open about how we communicate about um you know in our case specifically about gender and gender identity in the brewing industry. Right. And because Kansas City has been so open about communicating that kind of thing um it's really allowed I think it's allowed us to feel a little more comfortable in doing the things that we feel like we need to do. But it also makes it easier, I think, makes other people feel more comfortable coming to us to yeah. ask for advice or help or things like that. I think, you know, five year, even five years ago, we wouldn't have been able to have the conversations that we get to have with our membership now. Right. right. Mm-hmm. If somebody wants to get involved or, or, or interested in the local chapter, how do they reach out to you guys? I mean, you can go to pinkbootsociety.org. Um, there's a tab there for membership. You would just select Kansas City Chapter, and you can join that way. We're also on Instagram and Facebook. It's Pink Boot Society KC um, for our specific chapter, which we want to meet more people. So yeah. I'm always pushing women that I meet, I'm like, come in and join us. Like, yeah. if nothing else, you can come and hang out and drink some free beer and meet people. <laughs> like, it's so fun. You want to come get drunk with us? Like, yeah, let's go. <laughs> well, and we, I meet a lot of people who aren't really all that involved in the industry yet, but right. they'd like to be. Yeah. And so my advice to them and to, you know, if you're in the alcoholic beverage, beverage industry in general, um, whether that's a, as a bartender, whether that's as a distributor, whether that's as, you know, whatever you're role is in this industry um if you know any of us please reach out we'll let you know when a meeting is we are very open to having anybody come in sit with the group talk to us i mean it's normally all we do is sit around and we 
you know, we talk about what's going on in the industry in Kansas City, but we also talk about what's going on in our daily lives and work. And so we do get to hear a lot about, you know, man, I just, I'm working on this seltzer and I can't seem to figure it out. I can't seem to figure it out. Oh, well, when I did my seltzer, here's what I did. And it's, it's a lot of like, you know, just commiserating kind of things, but it's very, very helpful. And those, that's what the meetings exist to do. And you don't have to be a member necessarily to start coming to meetings either. Like you don't have to make that commitment. You can come and chill and they hang out. I think we ask for like some sort of donation to the chapter if you're going to come and like drink our free beer. And usually because we have pizza. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, my charcuterie boards have been like failing it lately. Stellar. Yeah. I'm in. (laughs) But yeah, you don't have to be a member to come and hang out and chill with us before you like want to jump in and you know make the commitment to be with us <laughs> jessica do you find yourself sorry buddy uh-huh. so i stepped all on your question well, no i was gonna say because you just mentioned like you know you were asking friends who are in any part of the the alcoholic beverage industry and, I, and i'm curious what you think about how important it is to talk about all of those different pieces of of the ind- of the industry and i mean i mean it's really easy to talk about hey let's get more <laughs> women brewers and we do need more women brewers but there are so many facets of the industry right that where they all look like me uh, i'm not i'm not wearing my i'm not wearing my plaid today so i'm I'm, I'm, I'm totally there but it's a fair point yeah i did i did trim the board but the board the beard whatever the board he was thinking about those charcuterie boards that's what it was i I really was let's be honest i really was if you said tacos i'd be done fair enough uh, but no. I mean, yeah, I think I mean. So, how important is it that, that that you know organizations like like Pink Boots and other stuff that you're talking about all of promoting all of those facets of the industry? I think it's really important uh, for a number of reasons. First of all, I think there's a lot of things that whether or not you are in the brewing industry or the distilling industry or the you know the winemaking industry or you know whether or not you're front of house or back of house or management or HR or, you know production. There's a lot of things that we all have in common, and it's really hard to understand. I think in this industry specifically, we all get roped into um, this tiny, tiny, tiny worldview of what we're doing at the exact time. You know, it's, you know, it would be easy for me to go talk to, you know, another brewer and have a conversation about, you know, some problem that I'm having or whatever. But if I'm talking to Jessica about it and she's in front of house and I can say, yeah, this, you know, dealing with this thing, I'm dealing with this thing. And she'll say something along, you know, she'll come up with something from front of house that she's experienced where, you know, yeah, I actually had a customer ask me about something like that. And so it's nice because we do all have kind of similar conversations and we are dealing with a lot of the same kind of things. But when it comes to going between industries, you know, we even even then we still have the same kind of questions, you know, whether it's, you know, maybe it's me and a winery owner sitting there talking about, you know, have you been noticing some problems with distribution or, you know, getting enough bottles to package? Have you been having those issues? And so we start seeing a lot of similarities where I think historically there were a lot of walls up in those between those industries. So we're starting to see that those are starting to come down. The conversations we're having are more normal than we're used to seeing. And so I do think they're incredibly important for those reasons. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Are there some of those? Are there some of those spots that you think are easier targets right now that we can, you know, that that, that organizations can like like Pink Boots can? Hey, let's 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 find some women and fill the, these these spots. Or can we think about it? Or can we think about it that <laughs> way? Maybe I, that's not the right way to think about it. I think it's a conversation. I think that's a conversation worth having. Um, I because I think 
the way I feel, well, I'm going to speak for myself and not on behalf of Jessica or Pink Boots or anybody else, but I'm personally of the opinion that while I do want more women in the industry or more women identifying people in the industry, what I really, really want is for the industry to be a more open and communic- like communication-friendly kind of place. And we've come a long way in that regard. Um, but I do think that having an organization like Pink Boots, it does let people know that, okay, you know, you may not see, you know, when you go to a beer festival, you may see, you know, bunch of nicks but you're gonna see you're gonna see jessica's <laughs> and jenna's too barrel and flow which was awesome fair point true, true, true. Uh, but but you will you you know and that's why we try even when it's a beer fest like a beer festival like parkville or something else we try to have a booth yeah. even if we can't be working it we try to be there and you know we know that most people at a beer festival don't you know aren't able to apply for pink boots they don't work in the industry but you know there was people like me who i was not in this industry and I didn't know any female brewers, but I started seeing people who were female brewers in the industry and realizing that there are people out there like me. There is a space for me. And knowing that someplace like Pink Boots existed made it, I'm not going to say it made it possible, but it's, it made it so much easier for me to leave that job and be in a job where I'm happy. And not everybody five, 10 years ago, you know, before Terry started this, um, didn't they didn't see themselves represented in this industry. So they didn't think they were welcome. And I think that's a big part of it is oh, we sure. want people to know that we are there and that you have res- representation if it's something you want to do. Right. Now, make, it's basically making that space to make, you know, you comfortable because, again, especially in the beer industry, you know, there's a lot of places where people walk into a space and not feel comfortable. comfortable. But we've talked about it on this show for a long time because we've talked to people all over the country. Kansas City does a really good job of of being uh inclusive for women um there's a lot of cities that we've talked to people they're like you have female brewers what the hell there's cities that have zero yeah when we mean, talked to ed and day in pittsburgh they, yeah, they couldn't believe it in pittsburgh and pittsburgh's a huge beer city yeah. they have right. zero which is which is crazy so yeah I, I think pink boots is a great organization because again i'm sure you're probably at the bar sometimes and you're talking to ladies about beer you're like hey there's this organization, so you oh, know, totally. So it's it's probably a great platform for you to be able to spread the word because again, you're you're in the back, you know, you're not really dealing with people up front. So I'm sure on a daily basis, you're like, you come to a meeting, hey, yeah. <laughs> you know? I mean, just on Saturday, I had a couple in the tap room, and they were so cute. They had taken their engagement photos at our old space and were showing me. It was so cute. That. But the woman said something to me about she didn't really know how beer was made. Ah. And I was like, bitch, let's go. (laughs) (laughs) You are going to learn today. You're going to learn today. I'm going to teach you today. Follow along. And I spent, I don't know, half an hour, 45 minutes with this couple and answered all of her questions. And it was so cool to see her eyes just light up. Like, oh, you're actually like, gonna talk to me about beer and not you know tell me i'm some dumb girl who doesn't yeah. know anything about beer no like i'm all about educating yeah. people yeah i used and to give tours at beer co and yeah. i had so many i have had women come up to me within the last couple of months if i'm out in the front at crane or something and say i'm pretty sure you gave me a tour at beer co <laughs> and we, man you answered every question you had so much information all this stuff they felt like they could ask any question and that they you know nobody looked at them like you know, they were stupid or they didn't know what they were talking about because, you know, yeah, I've been in that position and I've 
It's the ghost. There's a ghost. We, there's a ghost in the studio. We just had a flash of light. <laughs> <laughs> the ghost of uh, COVID past, I guess. I don't know. But no, it, it's just, it's kind of eye-opening when you get a, when you get somebody who doesn't feel like they have a space, that they have room to stand, they don't feel like they can take up space in that area, to get them to feel comfortable asking you questions and like, yeah, they're going to ask you like, well, you know, they're going to ask you questions about yeast or hops or yeah. what, a, you know, so when do you guys add the hops? When do you guys add the hops? Because, you know, she loves IPAs. Okay, great girl, so do I. Let's talk. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's it's seeing somebody open up and yeah. feel like they have they have the ability to take up space in that area. You know, I, that's kind of me because going into into working at breweries, working at three breweries, if somebody have, like a person of color comes in there, I feel like I have to, you know, not go out of my way, but make sure they know, hey, that's it, fine being here. You're welcome, this, mm -hmm. that, and the other. You know, do you feel and, pressure and, to do that? Pressure? No, we've talked about this. What is no pressure? It, for me, it's the thing you should do. Do you get excited about it? Oh hell, I'm like ooh, black people. <laughs> I mean, and I ask because that's how exactly how I feel you know when I saying? see somebody yeah. walk in who some girl who's gonna some woman who's gonna come in and nerd out about the newest sour yeah. we just put on top. I'm like, let's sit down, let's talk. I'll yeah. buy you three beers. Let's go. Let's you know, go. And, and it's you know even at beer festivals, I'm the I'm the same way because you know you don't see a lot of people of, of color at black of, mm -hmm. of at, at Kansas City Beer Fest, you know. And so when Nick and I went to uh, Barrel and Flow in Pittsburgh in September, you know, it's a total flipped situation where he's the minority. There were no bros. That, you know, and, and it was... Living the dream. Was, Have you ever been to a beer festival with no bros? That sounds amazing. Was, and we did... Oh, it was a, it's a unicorn of festivals. And, and we went to... We, they had a bottle share for all the VIPs. So 100 people on the night before... Um, <laughs> the night before the festival and you know nick is a handful of white guys in there i'd say there were about 100 125 people and there were maybe seven of me yeah and he was uncomfortable for like a hot second because it's beer people well because beer cause, people because there was inviting. a mean, there was a mean man trying not to serve us beer well there was that one guy but, <laughs> but the guys that we know who, who he was really trying to control the beer flow who, who started that festival you know as soon as they saw Nick, they're like, yo, Nick, what's up? You know, it was just one of those things where... That's what I was not prepared for. Right. Well, I mean, after, after 50 episodes, you should, you're, you might be known in another, in another state or two. Right. <laughs> not prepared for that. So, no, it's, there's no pressure to it. I mean, for me, it's like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to show everybody love anyway. That's just, that's just who I am. You know, but if somebody who, have, who has not been... If it's somebody who's never been there before or somebody, a person of color... Or somebody who's really interested in knowing the nuts and bolts, if you will. Yeah, I've got a, you know, that's what the job is. She's really scared of this light right now. I know. <laughs> I'm into it. There's a ghost yeah, in here. Yeah. I'm excited about it. You know, this used to be the vault of the post. This used to be the post office. This just turned into a different podcast. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah this was this was the vault for the post office. This is now a ghost podcast. This is now a paranormal. <laughs> and I am paranormal. In. I've got one more paranormal beer. You want to grab it? Let's do it. Let's do it. Also, a beer karma uh, beer that somebody gave gave to me the other day. Nice. Oh, I was gonna add, like in that same vein. I feel like that's how I have always trained my bartenders: is you are gonna treat every single person who comes in like they are your best friend coming to see you at work. Right. Like the way that you would treat your best friend if they were coming in. Like that's exactly how you treat every single person who comes in, and you want to get excited and help them find a beer that they like and. Nick can't read the can. It's dark in, it's dark in here. Hand it to one of the ladies. It's, Dang it's, it. It's, it's, do, you need your, do you need your light and magnifying glass? <laughs> Look, it's it's dark font. It is. No, I, I never, you know. It's BKS. 
Counterculture. Yeah. It's an IPA. IPA, double dry hopped with Simcoe. Uh-oh, somebody's getting excited. Somebody just, just got a little excited. I've been so excited to try this beer. Oh, I looked at the ABV. I'm sorry. Oh, so well, you, you can. It. Well, it's yeah, yours you now. Do no, I have to do yeah. it. You gotta, then you got to pour. Now, I never understand people who work behind the bar and are grumpy. Oh, me either. Get either. another job. Right? You can't be grumpy and serve beer. I know a couple of people who are the grumpiest grumps that behind the bar, true. and they absolutely love their job, and the customers love them. And I think it's just, the, I think for them it's a persona, but there are actually legit grumpy people who work in a bar. Yes. Like, you can go find a job at a desk. Yeah. There's the, there, there are certain man. bars for that. It's one thing. Craft, be, craft tap rooms are not those bars. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, the, but, but it happens. I mean, some people are just, you know, if you, you can be snarky or whatever. I mean, that's, that's fine. But if you're just a dick, that's a violation of rule number two. Right. And some people are. Well, that's 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 exactly a violation of rule number two. Because <laughs> rule number two is <laughs> don't, don't be a, a dick. dick. Right. <laughs> so, yeah. So, don't be grumpy, uh, beer tenders. Be nice to, oh every, to everybody. This smells amazing. Oh. I'm so excited to try this. Yeah. Glorious. I mean, just look the way it coats that glass, though. Oh, that's fantastic. That's real good. Uh, yeah. Shout out to Brian and Mary and the team. Brian, you guys ever hung out, hung out with Brian before? No. You should do that. <laughs> every time I've tried, every time I go in there, they are so busy that I'm just I, y'all do your thing. Y'all keep that winning. Was, that was our first um, in the brew house yeah. recording. We did a we did a podcast in the brew house, and they're 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 fun. They're very reserved when you meet them, but you hang out with them long enough, they're very fun. Nick had left. He's like, Brian's like, you want to open up some beers? I'm like, yeah. So that was he probably left at nine o'clock. I was at I was at the booth like eleven p.m. <laughs> I'm like I don't know this, know this side of Brian. They're really awesome, and they make re- great beers, which is they even were better. Right? They're a lot of yeah. fun. They yeah. make fantastic beers. Yeah. That space is amazing. What's we'll that? Uh, cool. Let's uh, seven point no, seven point eight. So, Ooh. So I'm gonna go because they, they can hide the ABVs. I know. Mm-hmm. That's true. They, <laughs> that was a sneaky one, wasn't it? Yes. Yeah. I was gonna go seven four. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna st- I, I'm gonna stick with that. Okay, what you got? What you got? I hate to I hate to do the price is the right thing, but you, I'm gonna go hey, You always do it. It was seven point oh. Oh, dang it! it All right, feels, it feels a little heavier. It does. It does. It does. It does. I agree. I guess. And, and also, and also, we were low on every beer at BKS when we were did the show there. Yeah, we really were. They learn from experience, kids. So Jenna, talk about Crane. How did you end up there? Um, I you said you knew him for a long time. Yeah, so I knew I knew uh, Chris and Michael from back, you know, homebrew days. Like I, so I worked at Brew Lab um, between being a lawyer and going to Casey Beer. I worked there, um, and. I we they used to do the uh, High Plains Brewhoff. Yeah, and I remember one year it was either that or it was Parkville, and I don't remember which. But Michael came and he brought Beat Vice, and I remember uh-huh. it being bright pink with pink foam, <laughs> and thinking, well, I grew up in Texas. Like my whole family is like from you know like rural Texas, so pickled beets is something 
I could sit and eat a whole jar of. Like, it was just a thing. Like, we had beets in our house all the time. And so this guy walks up with beet vice, and he looks like my grandpa. And I'm like, okay, let's do this. <laughs> That's awesome. And so I jump right on in, and I'm like, okay, let's do this. Try the beet vice. And I was like, oh, man. Like, this is crazy. This is awesome. Um, and my husband had some health issues a while back. And, you know, every time we'd go to a festival, we would see Michael. And then when my husband couldn't go to beer festivals, and Michael would come up to me and say, well, where's, you know, where is he? And I was like, oh, you know, he's going through this or that or the other. And, um, you know, Michael would, you know, always, he would always send me home with beers for him if he wasn't able to make it and stuff like that. And I knew Chris just as this, like, goofy kid who you basically are watching grow up in front of you. Um, And it's like, he's not that much younger than me, but he's a little, I mean, but a little. But it was just cool to see him going from, like, you know, you know, Chris's change and Michael's change, both of them, from when I first met them to now has been exponential, like just their personal growth. And so that's been really cool to watch. And then, um, you know, I had been at Fields and Ivy and making beers. And the one thing that, I mean, going from a lawyer to being a brewer, uh, one of the things that I've always been somehow, somehow resilient or somehow good at is just making big, big leaps. And so for me, Crane was totally a leap um, because I've never made, I mean, I had never, I made like maybe one sour beer as a home brewer. And we had made like, you know, there's a, um, it's a Goza at Fields and Ivy. I mean, I had done like a little bit. I had barely dipped my toe in what is sours and wilds. And driving to Lawrence every day was getting a little bit strenuous on me personally and so, you know, when they reached out, I was like, okay, let's talk about this. And, you know, you, you guys don't, you guys know, I don't make, I've never made sours, you know, that's not my jam. And they're like, no, 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 we'll get you into sours. But, you know, everywhere else you've been, we we'll know what you you've been putting okay, out, like, learn. it's fine. And so, yeah, so basically it came down to, you know, I've known these guys a long time and I know what they're doing and how they operate. And it's something that I had never done before. And really the best way for me to learn is to just jump straight in. And so that's basically how, you know, how I ended up with at Crane. And, you know, I knew Brian a little bit when he was a double shift, like I mentioned. And, you know, I do trust him. He's a good guy and he's good at what he does. And I can't, like I said, it's the whole art thing, you know, that is him to a T. So just getting to get in there and figure out how he operates, it's just a, it's, you know, widening my range, but it's also just something that is completely new for me to learn, and that's exciting and fun, and I love it. Where do you stand on sours now? <laughs> oh, I've always been a fan of drinking them. Um, <laughs> believe me, I before I worked there, I don't think I had ever left Crane without dropping a bill. So, you know, it was just how we did things. But, you know, I've always been a fan of drinking them. Just making them has always terrified me from, you know, working at a Rheinheitsgebot German brewery to going to like a very clean, you know, a very clean brewery in Lawrence. Sours and Wilds were something that honestly just terrified me for the longest time. Um, Just because, you know, the, the possibility of infection and all that kind of stuff and contamination and all that. Um, But seeing it from this side of things where no, no, that's the goal. Like that's that's what we want to do. Like not infect, not you know right, anything but, bad, but like we the things you've been avoiding are the things we live to do. And I'm right. like, okay, well let's. They, right. they want to push that envelope. Yeah, absolutely. And we're trying to do that more and more every day, especially now, is getting back into more of the OG crane sours and wild ales and yeah. things like that. Um, you know, building up, building back up our Brett house and stuff like that. So we're getting to do real cool, fun, weird stuff again, yeah. which is nice. And now that there's two of us, because. 
you know, Crane's pretty much always had one brewer. And so now that there's two of us, we do have a little bit more room and a little bit more space to bounce ideas off of each other. So that's really helping. And it's helping me learn how to develop recipes. But it's also, you know, two minds are better than one when it comes to creativity. So and you're probably fun. Lots of fun. Yeah. And you've got Eric Claycamp do some weird shit. So. <laughs> Clay camp on the easy bake is probably one of my favorite parts of working at Crane. It's just it's some that of the dude. stuff seeing him come that up seems with. Like a it's name too. Easy bake. Clay camp on the easy bake. Clay camp on the easy let's, bake. Hey, let's make that happen. Eric, you yeah. heard him. Yeah, you heard. Him. I'll put it in the group chat later to remind you. So Jessica, you guys are back in this back open in this new fabulous tap room. Yeah. What's it like? Obviously, it's different because it's much bigger than what you had before. It is about three times as big as our old space. So, yeah, it's How, a little bit bigger. How's that been? It's fantastic. Whereas we would have six tables in the old space and be totally full with 24 people. Now we have that, and it feels slow. <laughs> it's awesome. And whereas we had the three-barrel system in the old space, now we're working with the seven, and we have the two 15-barrel fermenters, so we're able to make so much more. Yeah. The system has definitely been had a learning curve to it. We uh, yeah. ordered it from China, and so all of the instructions were in Chinese. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> it looked like when we got it on the truck, it looked like a transformer just like <laughs> tossed all of this whole system into the back of the semi-truck, and it took us, oh my goodness, it took us like... I think eight hours to get everything off the truck. We borrowed forklifts from everybody in the crossroads at one point or another and had everybody, but it was so wonderful. And that's what I love about being in the crossroads is everybody came by at one point or another and brought beer or helped yeah. or both and, or just stood there and we all like held our breath and held hands and we're like, oh God, are we going to drop this for a minute right yeah, now? Yeah. And it was terrifying. But yeah, it's been so great having so much more space. We can put two people behind the bar and not step all over each other. And we'll hopefully have the backyard open sometime this spring. So there is, there's actually trees back there. You heard it, backyard. Backyard sometime this spring. There are actually trees which don't exist in the crossroads. Right. That's not a thing. There are birds. We have an alley cat who I could talk about for hours. He's <laughs> the love of my life. Uh, but there's a stage back there. He's the best. He really is. <laughs> I don't even. I'm allergic to cats, and he's awesome. <laughs> he's just this giant cat. <laughs> anyway. Um, so yeah, hopefully we'll have the backyard space open sometime this spring. Um, but I want to do like really thoughtful seating and not just like gravel and picnic yeah. tables because nobody likes sitting at picnic tables. Like in it gravel. hurts. It yeah. hurts your butt. Like yeah. no, thank you. No. Talk about. I want um, some cushions. <laughs> talk about what's above the brewery. Oh yeah, so above the brewery <laughs> is <laughs> a fourteen. It sleeps fourteen. It's an Airbnb. Um. So we have like the bunkhouse has two bunk beds and a fold-out couch. The main bedroom has two queen beds, and then there's another two or three couches. There's a pool table up there. There's a poker table up there. There's a jacuzzi tub. It's <laughs> awesome. Um, so, like, during construction of the brewery, that's a big part of what I was doing was working on this Airbnb and getting it up and running. And it's been open. I think we started letting people stay there in October, and it's been booked almost every weekend um, and it's totally separate from the brewery, so I don't have to worry about, like, people taking beers and going upstairs or whatever. It's completely separate. Um, but, yeah, it's been a blast. Like, a bunch of bachelor and bachelorette parties and just, like, people coming into town for Chiefs games. Yeah. And, yeah, 
and they'll come down and hang out every once in a while and chat and it's really fun yeah it's been a blast that's, that's one of our goals for this year we're gonna get a bunch of beer people and just spend the night and the crossroads at there the we go. right yes. you could just wander and yes. then you've got your home base yes. like we've done a couple of pink boot society meetings there especially like our hop rubs were there and i think we did a couple of other ones there and it's just i think every single time we've had a meeting there we've given at least two or three tours yeah of the, cool. it's awesome I mean, it's... luckily, you know the manager, so, like... <laughs> <laughs> well, you know a gal. Well, that's where I want to go, too, is, like, so you, you were talking about your job and your role, and you have, yeah. you are the manager, but you've been able to get your hands in a lot of different things, and which I totally relate to, like, doing one thing over and over is boring. Yeah. I want to do all of it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but are, are you going to do some more? Do you want to get in and do some more brewing to do some, do some of the other things? I would like to brew more. That's kind of my goal. Um, she did ask me for boot recommendations, so I can guarantee she's going to be doing more. I, yeah, I've been breaking those in. Those are pretty nice. Brie, yeah, I got this. Brie and I have matching boots. It's very cute. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I would really, really love to brew more, do more with like recipe making, recipe. Yeah, recipe building, recipe making. Yeah. Um, I got to do one for our Pink Boots collab beer that we did a couple of years ago at Border. It was a pale ale with dandelion root, jasmine, and lemon peel. And it was really interesting yeah. and good. I love floral beers, yeah. like any sort of floral beer. Um, so that was fun. But I'd really like to get into that more more recipe development. That was the word I was looking for. <laughs> there you go. Words are hard. Words are hard. Well, shout out to BKS for this beer. This beer yeah. is wonderful. That is, that is a great beer. So as we wrap this up, um, Jenna, if people want to reach out to you for Pink Boots or a crane, are you on the social medias? Do you, do you want people reaching out to you? What's the story? I that's <laughs> hey, I'm fine with it. Um, I might not reply to you, but sure, reach out to me. <laughs> reach out, go nuts. DM me. Um, it's just my name. It's just Jenna Munoz on Facebook. Um, but for my Instagram is. Badonka Dunkle. Oh, <laughs> it's so good. I didn't realize I'm, I would have to say that. I would have changed it. I'm no. gonna need 20 more minutes of show as we break down Badonka Dunkle. <laughs> that's amazing. There's got to be a story there. That, that that's got to be a beer name at uh, some point. You know what? I haven't even thought of that. Um, yes. No. So one of the guys I worked with at Beer Co. Uh, we were looking for a name for our trivia team because they do trivia every Sunday, and uh, his recommendation was Badonka Dunkle, and it just, I, I said, what should we name our trivia team? And he came, he said, Badonkadog. I was like, okay, well, it's sticking now. <laughs> and now it's my hashtag on there and I think on TikTok, even though I don't make videos and just lurk and whatever. But yeah, that's, that's awesome. me. Badonkadunkel. Yeah. yeah. I'm just going to say that several times right. for Fair. the remainder of the show. Fair. I'm have to, yeah. I, my content is going to have to really step up. <laughs> right. Well, you know, she tried to slide in the whole, I, I guess, to be an attorney. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah, for, and then she's closing with Badonka Dunkle. Yeah, fast forward. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Badonka Dunkle at law. You're getting a whole lot of my personality on that transition alone. It's, it's Badonka Dunkle PC attorneys at law. Yeah, right. <laughs> I love it. Jessica? Yeah, I'm on. Yeah, follow that. Oh, I, I know. <laughs> I can't follow that. How do you follow Badonka Dunkle? It started as a joke and now it's just there. Yeah, and now you have to there. live with that. Yeah, now it's just. <laughs> What's going to happen? I am on Facebook. It's Jessica Bloom. Um, my Instagram is hops.blooms. 
Um, but yeah, snazzy. It's far more professional. On the beer Twitter, Nigel's a big pusher of the beer Twitters. So okay, I don't use my personal Twitter like ever. However, I do use the Border Twitter. So yes. it's Border Brew Co. <laughs> during the shutdown, <laughs> so this is a fun story. So during the shutdown. One of my best friends in the world, Annie Ingle, she used to be the head brewer at Double Shift. She moved to L.A. She works at Monkish now. Hi, Annie. I love you. Nice. And um, <laughs> during the shutdown, we started prank calling other breweries. Like, <laughs> legit calling. Wow. Like, hey, is your glycol chill running? <laughs> like, you should go catch it. Like, <laughs> we were real... <laughs> It's like it's like <laughs> Simpsons from 1998. Yeah, I love it. We were real bored. Um, and then that turned into, like, pranking or whatever, joking with other breweries and places on Twitter, which was cute. It was yeah. funny. Whatever. We were really bored, right? I ended up, from the Border account, talking to Casey Wineworks. And I we would flirt with each other for hours, Hours and I, had, I don't at this point did not know anybody at Casey Wineworks. I have no idea who I'm talking to. We did this for months, like at least two or three times a week, like months. And then I finally met my friend Lindsay. Now she owns Casey Wineworks, and then it all made sense. It all made so much since we met each other. And she was like, "You're Jessica," and it was one of those like slow mo, like running to hug each other. Did things. you run through the fields, the flowers? I think we actually <laughs> ran through the event space at Lifted Spirits because we were doing, we were having a meeting, like slow mo running to hug each other and meet each other for the first time in person. It was precious. So yeah, I don't have a personal Twitter, but if you want to watch Border Bruco flirt with Casey Wineworks. That's the place to do it. Twitter flirting. It's a new Twitter. Thing. Beer Twitter flirting. Beer name. But it seems like a it. cute You're love welcome. story, right? Yeah, like the brewery and the yeah. winery. Who doesn't, who, doesn't, who doesn't love a love story? Right. There you go. Between the brewery and the winery that Met are like... Twitterverse. <laughs> <laughs> only blocks apart from each other during right. the COVID shutdown. Who knew? There was love, love in the air. <laughs> the silver linings to our lockdowns. Right? It was all a sliding doors moment until COVID. <laughs> it really was. Exactly. Finally connected. We connected. Well, thank you guys for coming on. It's been a great conversation. Yeah. Good to see you guys. It's been, I, I saw you recently. You guys I haven't see seen you, you in forever. Yeah, you were actually on my list of because I have a list of people I'm, I want to get on the show. But by the time... I've got we don't, to we don't always follow our lists. I don't know if you figured this part out. <laughs> no. I didn't know I was on anybody's list. No, this she is great was, news. She was on the list, but she was still a Phil's and Ivy. And I'm like, she laughed? What are you talking about? She laughed. <laughs> so I was like, well. And so shout out to Alana for getting you guys together yes, and putting you guys you on the Yeah, list. absolutely. Thank you, Alana. Um, so we appreciate you guys coming on. Um, yeah. We're going to come to your place and do a, a live show very soon. Yes. We'll talk about that yet. Um, we need to come to Crane and we do need one. To go to we've, Crane we've, had, we've had Chris on before, but we need to come. Well, but Chris was, I'm Chris so was sorry for that. Yeah, Chris was part, he was part of the group. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> so uh, yeah, he so. was actually here in studio. Oh, that's right. Before before the lockdown, we had Chris here. Bree uh, was, Bree. was on video and, and, and Courtney Service and Courtney Service. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's yeah. when I fell. Yeah. That's love. a solid group. Yeah. Yeah. He's in love with Courtney. Yeah. He actually yeah. has a shirt that says Courtney Service fanboy. It's true. Do you really? It's a hi. My name is. <laughs> oh, that's I, that's glorious. I love it. I made it myself. That's how bad it is. He bought his own Sharpie. Well, you know, the whole story about uh, Sours. I the, love it. It's the best story ever. The first the first episode, I don't like Sours. And I brought some. Oh, I wasn't thinking that. I was thinking the story about her and making Sours. Well, that, that one we too. Out, we but you, there, did, yeah. you didn't like Sours, so you had her Episode sours. one, I didn't like Sours. Episode two, episode where are the two. Sours? Uh, we, bring them <laughs> on. Yep. Yep. Bring them on. No, so we, when we finally went out to Service Brewing, 
and interviewed her, and we asked her about making the sour. It turns out she hates them. She doesn't like sours. Yeah. <laughs> she she makes her wife smile. Yeah, that's the hate. sours makes her wife smile. Yeah, like seriously, how can you get any sweeter than that? Uh, unless you're on Twitter. Unless you're, on, <laughs> unless you're flirting unless with you're wine on, works. Unless you're on Twitter with wine works. I mean, I, I don't know. We've we've now had two love stories on our podcast. It's there you sweet. go. Uh, probably more than that, but we'll we'll go. Well, on. my love for you. It never dies, oh, Nigel. Gosh. Oh, <laughs> oh, 2022 oh. goals. Yeah, tw- exactly. hashtag 2022 goals. <laughs> hey, Nick, where can they find us? You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or any of your favorite podcast apps. You can even do that thar thing. Hey, Alexa, play the Beers with Nigel podcast. That actually works. It does work. It's weird. I'm hoping that it, that actually happens with somebody's Alexa while they're listening to this. <laughs> <laughs> That's my true goal. And Nigel... Obviously, on the beer Twitters, at Beers with Nigel. Oh, Facebook, Facebook, Beers with Nigel. Beers with Nigel. And Instagram, even. Sometimes we go to Instagram. Yeah, we're on the gram. We're on the gram. So. Oh. (laughs) Nothing. Wow. I think she just just snapped us. I I was snapping. I'm sorry. We're not on the snaps. I'm on the snaps. Well, personally. Personally. I am personally on the snaps. Yeah, it's a a shit show on the snaps. It is. Look, there are a lot of things that we do. They knew what it's they were doing show. when they started that. <laughs> they absolutely knew. I have not gone to shit shock. I refuse. I'm not Aww. doing any videos. Anyway. No clock app for you? No. Mm. Hey, thanks for listening, kids. Uh, Good night. See you on the next episode. What episode was this, by the way? 57? We don't even know. <laughs> it's in the 50s. Oh, sweet. So That's awesome. There you go. So, Hey, by the way, we've done a shit ton. That's 50 love. That's 50 love. Right, Good night. <laughs> <laughs> thanks, guys. Cheers. You've been listening to Beers with Nigel, a show about beer and other stuff, hosted by Nigel Woodbury and that other guy, Nick Parker. Beers with Nigel is poured for you by Dire Oil Graphics, providing bumper-to-bumper graphic design, promo products, and print services. Find them at direoil.com. Beers with Nigel is a proud member of the Fredcast Network and is available on all of your favorite podcast flavors. Find Beers with Nigel on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and ask Alexa to play the Beers with Nigel podcast.